We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of No Other Pod. I believe it's our 11th episode, so we are into double digits and rolling. I am Jimmy, along with my buddy, Dan Kuzer. What's up, Dan? hey I think it might be our 10th episode, Jimmy. Are we counting our, uh, the week off, though? It might be 10. You know, we let's not count the buy, so does, does that make it 10? I think it's 10. We've been doing this okay. for a decade. That's how that translates, right? Yes. I believe so. I think that's math. That is exciting. Well, hey, we're still in double digits, so I may not be able to count, but I at least know the difference between two and one. So (laughs) it's all good. That's something. Yep. I haven't taken math since high school. You know a little bit about soccer, though, so you make up for it. That's right. Um, Speaking of which, we finally got Sporting KC roster moves. It took us about. Three weeks after I said that we might get Sporting KC nah. roster moves, <laughs> but you know you got to wait for the good things, I guess. So seems like they all uh, every team just waited till the deadline. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there were a couple that announced earlier, like Atlanta announced like two weeks ago, and that's once, right. once I saw teams starting to announce, I was like, okay, well, you know, no no reason to wait until you know the deadline if you already know what you're gonna do. And I thought, hey, you know, maybe Peter. You know, our, unfortunately, our off season ended a little earlier than we thought, so maybe he uh, he'd get a head start. But nope, he waited till the end. The fire didn't even announce their roster moves publicly until today. Oh wow, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, and and obviously the deadline was yesterday to to let the league know what you were doing. But um, well, hey, but yeah, let's we, uh, let's take a look we, here before we jump into it. All right, I want to let's read, not take a look. Here. I want to <laughs> read this new uh, this new rating and review we got on iTunes. All right. Oh, okay, let's do it. We didn't get one, so I have nothing to read. But we oh. need some, all right? See what I did oh, there? Oh, I see what she did there. But think about it. I mean, I could have read it on the air, and uh, that's exciting for people to hear their, well, now, their words of wisdom. Now I'm a little sad. I know, I'm sorry. I built you up, and you were like, <laughs> I didn't know we had one. And I'm like, I was well, like, last time I looked, we didn't have a new one. And no. Then- we still don't have a new one. We could use some though. I mean, it's like <clears throat> surely we have some more listeners than that. And I, you know, if you're listening on your on your iPhone, I mean, you go right into the show page on the podcast app. You scroll down just a little bit, and there's the five stars, and you can leave a little nice note, or or a long nice note, whatever you want to do. Um, we sure yep. could use them, and and it makes us feel good and and excited to do these these things for everybody. Yes, sir, and we'll give you a shout-out, and if you have any uh, constructive criticism or compliments or anything, let us know. Um, if it's not constructive, I guess you can still let us know. We just might hate you. Just so. criticize, constructive or not, uh, whatever you got to <laughs> do. Bring us down. It doesn't matter. That's right. We can take it. Um, anyway, well, good call on that. Hopefully next week we'll have some actual reviews to read, some new ones. <laughs> Otherwise, um, I'm going to do that every episode, and you won't know if it's real or not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's dig into these, uh, dig these uh, roster moves here. Um, so Sporting KC had a number of players with with options. Uh, they they picked up or exercised contract options for eleven of those players. I'll, I'll go here and go ahead and, and read this list real quick. Um, Saad Abdul Salam, Carlton Belmar, 
Amar Didich, Andrew Dykstra, interesting, uh, Roger Espinoza, Tim Melia, James Musa, Ike Opara, Daniel Shallowy, Colton Storm, and Adrian Zendejas. Uh, so what that means is there were four players that Sporting KC did not exercise contract options for. Uh, those four players are Cameron Iwasa, Sonny Mustavar, Kevin Oliveira, and Tyler Pasher. So those four are going to be eligible for the MLS waiver draft, um, and, and Mustavar is eligible for the re-entry draft. There's essentially just some nuances about length of time and all that that you've been in the league as to who's eligible for what. But basically right. those players will be eligible to be picked up by other teams in the various MLS drafts. So uh, what, what do you think here? Uh, um, well, let, let's talk the uh, let's talk about the ones that weren't picked first, since it's a shorter list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when Mustavar had that starting spot um, for you know he was our holding mid, and you thought nothing was gonna you know he was our guy. Maybe you kind of you kind of thought we didn't need someone to to take that spot. And Ilya came in, and he kind of said, hey, I'll take it from here. All right, don't even. I don't even need a backup. I'm gonna play every game without a single, without a rest. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of my OCD is going nuts because he played every game except for one, and I'm like, really, one game, yeah. and you had a perfect season. Now I'm pissed. But <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, Ilya? Yeah, but but Mustafar. I mean, I I guess I get it. He really wasn't around this year. Cameron Iwasa, sure, he didn't play. Um. But, you know, Kevin Oliveira, I mean, didn't we just let him get some first-team minutes? I mean, what's that about? Yeah, that's, um, if I'm being honest, so the the, uh, the two that surprised me most are obviously um, Kevin Oliveira and Tyler Pasher. Tyler Pasher, sure. Uh, just because, you know, those two were just signed to first-team contracts um, this year. I I liked what I saw, especially from Tyler Pasher. Um, I always thought, you know, he's a speedy guy who who seems to add a nice spark. Um, did really well. Started so a lot fast. for for SPR. Um, and then obviously Kevin Oliveira. I mean, he not only got some some minutes down the road, he got significant uh, minutes in terms of like coming in and, and playing uh, in do or die time in in the playoffs. Um, he was the one who took uh, the final corner kick of the season, which wasn't a great corner kick. But um, he, he, he was somebody who Peter Vermees obviously trusted enough to put into the game uh, when Sporting needed to score or make something happen. Um, and, and I know a, a, a decent number of people kind of looked at Oliveira as, hey, maybe he's the type of guy who could develop into the future number 10 center attacking midfielder of Sporting KC. Um, so, yeah, I'm a little surprised um, that, that those two didn't get uh, their options picked up, at least for another year. No, um, I agree. Let me ask you this, though. When you don't have your yeah. option picked up, is that basically them saying, like, hey, we don't we don't want to pay you that? I mean, c- could they say it like this? We don't want to pay you that amount of money, um, so we're not going to pick up your option. But can we, you know, you, you feel free to go find the money that you want. But if you can't find that money, we'll offer you this. I mean, is that a thing that, that we do? Uh, I So I think technically the club, and I'm trying to, to, to read up on this as I'm talking right well, now. Because they're not free agents, um, so that, that makes no sense. No, they're not They're not free agents. They, they're they in the waiver they draft. They have to do the draft so, thing. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, they're... So many drafts. They're not eligible. They're not... Yeah, it, MLS got far too many drafts. Um. <laughs> They're not eligible for free agency because they haven't met that minimum right. years of uh, playing time. They're not, they're not eligible for reentry either for the same reason. It's just two different lengths of time. Um, so it says clubs can claim out-of-contract players, but they must issue a genuine offer to the selected player. Um, so I, th- I think that is what will happen with Oliveira and uh, and Pasher. So I now let's, you know, technically I think Sporting KC um, could pick them in the waiver drafts mm-hmm. and essentially try to give them a different contract. I don't think that really happens because I think I don't think they were making enough um, where you know, they would really renegotiate their contract to a point where it was significantly less. My guess is, yeah, Tyler, I'm looking at at least right now, Tyler Pasha was making 
53,000, which I'm pretty sure is the league minimum, so he can't get any lower anyway. Dude, that's insane. Um, I'm, I'm guessing Oliveira was probably about the same. Um, so I wouldn't expect Sporting KC, even if they technically could, to uh, to go back and re-pick up those players in the waiver draft. Um, so looks like their days with Sporting KC are over. Um, what if Oliveira is, what if he doesn't even want to be in the league anymore and he's going to go try his luck elsewhere? I mean, that's always an option too, right? It is. Yeah. Just cause, uh, just cause they're selected in the waiver draft. I don't, that doesn't obligate them to go to that club. I think they still have to, to come to terms with that club. Um, that club may own their MLS rights. MLS roster rules are so complex that so I, I, you know, I don't, know all of the intricacies and the ins and outs um yeah if he wants to if, if he gets an offer from from elsewhere um i don't you know i don't see why he couldn't you know try his luck or or hey if there's a uh, a usl team that that might be looking at him and and you know i don't know I'm, I'm totally spitballing here but maybe someone like cincinnati who's probably got a pretty good shot at, at coming up to mls in the next couple of years maybe mm-hmm. a guy like Oliveira who has got some MLS minutes under his belt might be an attractive option if you need someone like that. I don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, those, those two are a bit surprising. Cameron Awasa, I don't think shocked anyone cause he didn't see the field with Swope park, mm-hmm. let alone sporting KC really. Um, and Sony Mustavar, that, that one's tough because at least I think it's tough cause I, I, I really like him and I think he's a really good player. I just, like you said, Ilya was an Iron Man this year, playing just about every minute, and uh, and and Sonny was making two hundred thousand dollars a year, which is that's more than Tim Melia, that's more than Ike Opara, that's more than Sesanovic, more than Jimmy Madranda, uh, more than Saad Abdul Salam, more than Latif Blessing, like more than Daniel Shallowy, like the, I mean, that's just too much for for a guy who's barely getting in. Um, Absolutely. And they, I think they paid him that amount because they, they thought he would play more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he. I mean, he was the guy that his that first year, and and he did really well. Um, you know, I think, you know, people like you said kind of thought like, hey, maybe we've found th- that replacement to Yuri Rosell. I remember those conversations going on when in that first year, um, that he was with the club, and and it just so happens that Peter went out and found Ilya, um, who. Speaking of Ilya, he just posted this on uh, Instagram a couple hours ago, uh, put up a picture of him sort of doing an applause to the crowd at Children's Mercy Park, said, thank you, Kansas City, for welcoming me and for the unwavering support during my first MLS season. Winning the Open Cup with you was amazing, but we have so much more to give you in 2018. March can't come soon enough. So uh, that's pretty cool to to have have a guy um, come in and, and really buy into the club and the fans and, and the city and appreciate everything about it. So um, shout out to Ilya. <laughs> yeah, he's pumped, but, man. He's pumped to be here and and is all about the team too. I mean, he's such a team guy. You you don't see him doing anything flashy. He's just trying to distribute that ball and and I'll be all about the team. Yeah, and he he, he really is sort of a calming presence on the field. He's a good leader. Um, he's oh, a good yeah. one to have on the field. So um. Looking at these guys whose options were picked up, uh, you know, like I said, it, it was a fairly long list of 11 players. Yeah, no one's I, really honestly, surprising, right? No one surprised you? You know, the only person who kind of surprised me was Andrew Dykstra. Okay. Um, and, and I guess it's a little less surprising after he got some minutes at the end of the season and, and, and did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Dykstra was not the reason that Sporting KC lost in no, the knockout no. round. Um and, and and he wasn't the reason that they dropped points in, at, in the last regular few regular seasons of the game. He played really well. No, he's a beast. Um, I was, yeah, I was a little surprised that they were gonna exercise that option. But then I saw I forget who it was, um, but someone on Twitter pointed out that um, it was last year in the expansion draft that Alec Can got picked by. Uh, was I, I, he ended up on Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I think he actually got picked by Minnesota, and there was like a trade or something. Um, but no, sport- like there was. What was it? Didn't didn't someone take? Didn't someone take Evan Bush from Montreal or something? Maybe you might be right. Either way, Alec Can got ended up with Atlanta, um, and and Sporting KC I think was caught a little off guard by that, and kind of mm-hmm. was like, oh crap, what are we gonna do now about a backup? Um, so. You know, they picked up Dykstra and they picked up Zendejas. Um, if I, I don't imagine that Dykstra will be 
protected in the expansion draft. Uh, but if he is picked, then uh, that's the one player from Sporting KC who can be picked, and you still got Zendejas as your backup. Well, you so, can only pick 11, right, to protect? Right, okay, and so yeah, he, he's yeah, not going to yeah. be one of the 11. Um, and I don't know you know, if LAFC is looking at someone who's been around in the league for a while, got a, a, some playing time and played pretty well last year. I don't know if he's an attractive option for them or not. It's possible. Um, but I, I think that's just a, a little bit of uh, insurance that Sporting KC won't have a similar situation to last year where they're scrambling to find a backup goalkeeper um, to, to play behind Melia. Uh, yeah, but I, I, yeah, like you, yeah, like you said, I don't think anyone else here is really that surprising. Um, so no, it'll, I heard it'll some be, rumblings uh, about Colton Storm, and I'm like, you know, that the dude's a beast. You know what I mean? They, I feel like they had to pick him up. Yeah, and that's a that's again that's a real really um, low risk contract option pickup I think because he's only making fifty three thousand dollars a year so um, essentially he's he's taken up a roster spot so you could argue well maybe there's someone else better who should take up that spot but he's such a low hit to the salary cap and like you said he played well for SPR so so oh, why sure. why cut him loose um, a young dude making that money he's he's fine yeah. Uh, so it, I think what'll be most interesting, and I like how Sporting Casey did this. Not a lot of clubs do this. Is they listed, okay, well, who's under contract for this year? When does their contract end, and how many more options do they have? Um, which is kind of cool. So what what I'm gathering from this basically is next year is going to be the year of reckoning. It's going to be bad. Um, That's going to be scary. Yeah, and it, and it kind of makes me wonder, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I'll, I'll read some of these players whose contract ends and they mm-hmm. don't have options for next year. But if, you know, I'll read this and then you tell me if you think this might be the last year for this core of Sporting KC players who've been with us uh, for a while. Um, both Melia and Dykstra, their contracts end after next year with no options for the following year. I have to believe Melia's getting another contract. He's getting paid. I would assume um, so. But you got, okay, Saad Abdul Salam. Matt Beasler, Kevin Ellis, Seth Sinovic, Graham Zusi, <laughs> Roger Ellis. Espinoza, Benny Fellhaber. Um, we'll put Kevin Ellis aside for right now, <laughs> but but I mean when you start talking Espinoza, Fellhaber, Zusi, Sinovic, Beasler, like that's the team. Like those are the Sporting KC guys who have been with this club forever, and and they are all out of contract next year with no options. Um, what do you think? Well, I think Beasler wants to stay there. I mean, I think he wants to. I don't think he has any any ambitions to go overseas anymore, like they they used to talk about, you know. Yeah. Um, Zusi and Espinoza, man, that, that's a toss up, you know. Um, Especially so those three you just listed, those are the three highest paid players on the team. Yeah. Eight hundred and fifty thousand for Espinoza, and then about seven fifty eight for each Beasler and Zusi. I think they got to be willing to take that that money again because i don't think we're going to pay him much more than that we're not a team that's going to pay a dude a million dollars yeah at least no one on this roster no dude we're not a we're not a frank lampard team we don't have a david via we just don't sign those people so i i can't see that happening yeah um and and i know we talked about it before both espinoza and felhaber had down years um all these guys are getting older they're all above 30, um, so you know it's they've they've given so much to the club and the fans and the city. Uh, it's it's so this is one of the worst parts about sports, man. Is like I love Benny. I don't want to see Benny in another jersey, um, but from a from a a financial standpoint and a and a technical standpoint on the field, does it make sense to keep him after next year? I don't know, and that and that sucks. You know. A lot of people think Benny's on his way out too, and that that does suck to think about. And it sucks more that I could absolutely see that. And he just he kind of had a slow year, you know what I mean? He didn't produce as much as years past. And I don't know. It'll be real interesting to see what happens with him. Maybe he has a redemption year next year, yeah. and maybe he, uh, you know, I mean, he didn't have any injuries. He he didn't get hurt this year. He played pretty much every minute like Ilya did as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, yeah, it you know it'll it'll be. I mean, we got a whole other season to to happen before we get to that point. So 
we don't have to worry about that now. Just just right. kind of something to make make note of that like in the back of your head, sure. Yeah, and and, and appreciate this year um, as fans. Like I will, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to really take in um, every moment that I can with these guys because who knows this this might be the last year that we see this core group of guys uh, all all together. So um, and it's not a we'll, rebuilding we'll see year what, either. So that that's it's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there there's still a lot of uh, young, exciting talent um, on this roster that that I think if you add a few pieces from you know overseas or, or wherever, um, this could, this could be a really solid team. I mean, uh, no Latif Blessing improved. Um, you know, maybe fell off a little bit at the end, but like he he was getting better and better as the season went on. He just got his green card, so he doesn't actually take up an international roster spot anymore. Uh, which uh, man, Sporting KC does that better than anyone else. He's like the third guy. Uh, Jerso got one. Um, Ilya got one. Um, these are all first year players. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. So, They're like, we're gonna bring in some more foreign guys. So if you can go ahead and get your green card soon, that'd be great. Now this is where it gets a little interesting. With that is um, in the expansion draft, mm-hmm. you have to by rule protect three international players. Correct. So uh, which means you have to have three on your roster. Yeah, and and right now let's see, Sam McDowell, I think. Um, right now we don't, right? We have six, is what someone I, I read somewhere. I want to say that was from Sam McDowell. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's see. I, I, I'm not sure who uh, who the players are right now, um, but it, you know we know that uh, Gerso doesn't take up a spot, uh, Latif doesn't take up a spot, and Ilya doesn't take up a spot. So um, that probably leaves you know players like uh, Christian Lobato, uh, Jimmy Madronda, Diego Rubio. Uh, so. There's there's gonna be some players who are are gonna have to be protected, um, which makes it more interesting because that means that there's other players who are now no longer international players who won't be protected. Um, they can only protect 11 guys, and and there's 25 guys on the roster right now. So, um, good news is only one player can be selected from Sporting KC, and then LA can't select anyone anymore, um, and they're only picking five guys total. Wow. So. You know, who knows? Um, but it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll know really soon, uh, only in a, in a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, right after MLS Cup, we'll have the expansion draft. So yeah, they got to release the list like the day after. Yeah, yeah, we'll know pretty soon. Um, Eleven guys will be protected. Ha- three have to be international and homegrown are exempt. So, um. You guys, you know, we we talked about it before. It's, it's probably pretty clear who some of the guys that are going to be protected are. But then there's some some of these other other fringe guys who um, may be on the bubble. So we'll uh, we'll I, keep track of that though. I do worry, dude. I worry if someone takes like a like a Colton Storm. You know what I mean? Someone who I think we are kind of investing our future um, right back youth in. Yeah, that would. Uh, I, I think you know people would probably be more inclined to t- or people LA would probably be more inclined to take someone like Saad Abdul Salam unless if, we protect if, Saad unless unless we protect him um, he's the one that really scares me because I don't know you know with with only being able to protect eleven and three have to be international so yeah you know really that that leaves uh, that leaves only eight people that can be protected, and you know. Man, I could see that. Maybe Saad gets taken, and then they're like, "We're fine." You know, Colton, you ready to come uh, be Zeus's backup or what? Yeah, because look, so Tim's gonna be protected. Beasler's gonna be protected. Ike's gonna be protected. Graham. Seth, Zeusy, Roger, Benny, Ilya. I mean, that's eight right there. <laughs> yeah, and probably. Jerso, yeah, we Latif. Didn't e- yeah, we didn't even get to 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 Jerso or Latif or any of them. So there's gonna be some players who are who are out there not protected, and it's gonna be a little nerve wracking, at least for me. Uh, it, it won't be as bad though, because it's only one team. Like last year, there was two teams, and it was like, oh crap. Yeah, yeah. So it shouldn't so, be too um, terrible. It'll it'll go quick since there's like you said only one team 
picking, so we'll we'll know pretty soon yeah. um, if if Sporting KC is good or not um, as far as uh, getting getting players picked. Um, but speaking of uh, put, you know potential roster moves in the off season, I read uh, I don't know if you got a chance to, to read this. Uh, Sam McDowell did a, a mailbag. Um, it's almost a couple weeks ago now, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Um, and, and so he talks about, you know, some, some potential off season moves. Um, he actually starts off with, uh, you know, how do you think PV solves the, the offensive issues? Um, PV obviously being Peter Vermees. Um, and this is, I thought this was interesting. I want to get your take on it. Um, you know, as we know, Peter Vermees is, trademark moves kind of finding those under the radar free transfers from who are out of contract or they've been scouting for a while. Uh, and, and Sam says that really that's maybe a, uh, a thing of the past. It's becoming harder to do that. And with the, the payroll rising from the rest of the league, he thinks that sporting KC might need to spend and he puts uh a lot in all caps more this off season than they normally do. And he thinks that the Dom Dwyer allocation funds may only be a band-aid solution to the problem. Um, I don't know. Do you see sporting KC really going out and for the first time splashing some cash on a, on, on some attacking options? I, I mean, I think they need to, but I don't, I don't think they will just, uh, I mean, history has shown that that's not a thing that we do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 my first thought is I agree. Like I, I, this, this ownership group, I think they, the reason they, they keep Peter Vermees as both coach and technical director is, you know, that they trust him and his, it's, you know, we're, we're kind of like that money ball team. Like we don't spend a lot of money, but we put a lot of, uh, a lot of stock in our scouting and analytics. And we find those guys who, who are, you know, re- the real value plays as opposed to, the the david villas or the giovinkos of the world um right and it's not broken so don't fix it i mean we didn't have an unsuccessful season so we don't have to panic yeah you know yeah i don't i don't want to overcorrect and 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 like you said panic and 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 spend uh you know more than we've ever spent on someone um just because we feel like we have to um and that could that could be more detrimental than beneficial um you know, it's it's clear that from what Peter said and what Rob Heineman said, they're going to bring in a couple attacking players. Mm-hmm. Um, who who that'll be, I don't know. It's it's not going to be someone that we've probably heard of before. Uh, it's not going to be a big name. Um, and and Sam goes on to say he doesn't think it'll be anyone from from MLS either. Someone asked about, well, what about like an intra-league trade? Um, and he doesn't think that'll happen. No way. And, and I, I, I agree. That's not really what Sporting KC does. Um, but he does say that he thinks, speaking of Kevin Ellis that we mentioned earlier, he thinks that there's going to be an off-season trade involving Kevin Ellis, um, which, I mean, that that's probably expected at this point, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I don't... It's just so funny to think about, like... Hey, here's this dude under contract who, who hasn't even practiced with the team in months. Like I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, his his value can't be very high. No way. And <laughs> like, of course, if you if you're like, totally out of the loop on the Kevin Ellis thing, um, you know, I, he must have had some disciplinary issues with the team and was told that he can, he can join the the squad again at any time. And that was back in August. And I don't think he's joined the team since. No, he hasn't. It was like this weird. Yeah, it was like they mutually agreed on a leave of absence in in the middle of the season, and he just never came back. Um, and and yeah, he's still under contract. Um, so, but he's not ever going to play with Sporting KC again. We no one knows what happened, or if they do know what happened, well, someone knows what happened, but the people who know, they're not telling anybody. Um, so he's he's not gonna be back in a Sporting KC uniform, and I don't see him retiring because he's such a young dude. He's like 24, 25. So someone's probably gonna get him on the cheap uh, for a little bit of tan, a little bit of gam or something. But it's not. I mean, maybe like fifty thousand or something, which is a, a super small amount. Because I mean, 
I just I don't see anybody offering much more than that because what leverage does Sporting Casey have? I mean, he just is a dead roster spot at this point. So I don't know. Right. They, I, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, I how is he trade bait when when he's not worth anything? And it's it's upsetting because I I saw he's uh he's down in Nashville right now just having a great time watching a uh, hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's uh I mean, I'm sure he's enjoying his time off cuz he's still collecting a paycheck. He's not suspended. That's um, true. That's not so even he's, fair. No, he's just getting a free uh paid vacation basically. So I guess. I mean, hey. Maybe maybe he's loving life right now and is just uh just soaking it all up, but who knows. Um someone else asked Sam is Benny a trade candidate? Um, and he said that he doesn't think Sporting KC's shopping Benny, but does, also says I don't think they hang up the phone if someone calls for him, um, which which I think probably is is correct. I don't know how much a team would be willing to to, to spend for a, a Benny after his season last year, only with one year left on his contract. Um, I mean, do you envision anyone really trying to, to go after him pretty hard? No, I, I don't think anyone's going to be, be knocking down the door, you know? Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, the only other thing that, that really is uh, kind of interesting um, is is someone asked kind of about the uh, Swope Park Stadium situation. Um, you know, they, they asked, will ownership move Swope Park to a new 7,500-seat seat stadium or, or or what's the deal and and what i thought was interesting is he was like you know based on what he knows the rangers are obviously going to play somewhere but uh, i guess playing at children's mercy park which i kind of thought was going to be the, the plan isn't actually a preferred option but he also says they're not going to expand swope soccer village so i mean i don't i don't really know if they're not going to play at children's mercy park but they're not playing at swope soccer village where does that leave them do you know of any place where they could go? I, I mean, a high school stadium? I, I, I have no idea. That I mean, but that doesn't, that doesn't seem like a very ideal situation to me, at least. I, I, I don't know. Like I, it's not. It's, I get it's, that it's Children's Mercy. Yeah, I get that Children's Mercy Park's not great if you can't fill it, and and it's it's not ideal, but. If I'm a fan, I'd rather go to Children's Mercy Park that's mostly empty than go watch a game at, you know, Shawnee Mission High School or, or someplace. Um, it just, that doesn't feel... Like, Sporting KC does everything so well in every aspect of the club that having your, your, your B team play at a high school stadium feels like that doesn't fit with how Sporting does things. No, I agree. And, and why didn't we... I don't know, why didn't they think this through? I mean, I think we were so focused on you know, having them be the reserves and still getting minutes under their belt than, than they were with actually getting a team to compete in this league that, you know, this league has standards too. They want you to have a stadium that can have fans and and good field conditions. And, and we did not we did not comply with that. And I think they were they were fine with that because we we're like, that's fine. We need another MLS squad in there. Let's get you know, let's get that money, that MLS money. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, I hope they figure out something. I just, I mean, for the sake of those players too, I hope it's not a high school stadium. Just because, like, if you're if you're playing for, you know, USL is an up and coming league, and some of these USL sides have, you know, pretty legit stadiums. Um, and yes, they do. It's it's not gonna feel great as a player just for from a morale standpoint if you're, you know, you go to some place like Sacramento where they're selling out ten thousand seats, and then you're like, okay, well, we're gonna go back to our high school field. Um, nothing against yeah, high school fields. Louisville. I mean, they're they're great for high school teams, but yeah. right. Even Louisville yeah, was awesome. Uh, yeah, I know there were some questions about the uh, the field conditions because they looked a little cut up. But it's a baseball I mean, man, field. They sell that place out. Yeah, that's better than a high school field. So right. I hope for I hope for Swope Park's sake they uh, they get that sorted. I do too. Um, but 
the other kind of exciting news is that we're, we're starting to get some details about Sporting KC preseason, which feels like season just ended and we're already uh, we're already gearing up for, for preseason. Um, Isn't that the best? I love it. Oh, it's awesome. Can't wait. Start start looking forward to, okay, well, you know, last year didn't go as well as we thought, but what do uh, what do we got to look forward to? And and what's interesting is, so, you know, Sporting KC always goes out to Tucson, Arizona, and they always play in that Desert Diamond Cup with uh, uh, FC Tucson, who, who hosts the tournament, um, and, and some other MLS clubs. Um, this year, it sounds like they're going to be going to... Uh, well, they are. They confirmed on their website they're going to be going to Scottsdale, Arizona, just outside of Phoenix for the first part of, of uh, preseason. I saw that. Um, but they're still going to go to Tucson. They're still going to Tucson, and they're still going to be participating in the Desert Diamond Cup in the second part of their uh, preseason trip. Um, but they normally go out to Tucson for about a week or so, do some closed-door scrimmages that aren't, aren't streamed. Um, then they come back to Kansas City for just a little bit and then go back out to Tucson for the Desert Diamond Cup. This time they're they're going to Scottsdale in that first part and and I saw uh, Blue Testament KC was was trying to figure out what's going on and sounds like you know this hasn't been confirmed yet but Sporting KC might have a uh, a couple of preseason games against Phoenix Rising because they're they're out there in Scottsdale and I can't think of any other reason why Sporting KC would go to Scottsdale. That's um, cool and I kind of just have one big thought is that Tucson is not pronounced. Tucson, as I used to think it was. The C is silent, <laughs> so I have learned things recently, and uh, just thought I'd share that with you. <laughs> How long ago did you learn that? Uh, well, probably about 30 seconds ago when you uh, said no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We are an educational podcast in all aspects. The more you know. Not just soccer. The, the more you know. Mean. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, it's Tucson. The C is silent. That's good. That's, um, that's fancy. Yeah, there you go. I don't know why the C is even needed. But I don't either. It's uh, Tucson, Arizona. Not Tucson, not Tucson. Um, but uh, I've heard it's a good time to go out there for the preseason. I've, I've never oh, been able dude. to make it out there myself. I'd love but... to go, man. Get away from the cold weather and go go kick it for a weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. Tucson's a uh, – I've been to Tucson. Um, yeah. Yeah, when uh, been out there for a couple of football games when I was in college. That's where University of Arizona is. But um, it's it's a, it's got a a few fun things to do there. And like you said, it's warm. So well, they normally you know. welcome their fans. I mean, they they'll they'll definitely chat with you and take pictures, sign autographs. I think. Yeah, it's it's a really fun time. It's kind of like spring training in baseball, where like teams are a little bit more relaxed and and they they're a little bit more accessible. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, if if you've ever made it out, get, tweet us, email us, let us know. We'd love to hear your experience. What what was it like if you went out to uh, to preseason? Because I know a bunch of us have obviously been to to regular season games both home and away. But we'd love to hear what it's like from a fan's perspective to go out to uh, to preseason and and sort of share your experience and and hopefully get some more sporting fans out there to support the guys. Um, and and like like Dan said, you know, getting from the Missouri or Kansas cold in January out to Arizona sounds pretty good. So indeed, can't really complain about that. Um, that's cool, man. Like preseason starting in the end of January, and then that's just January twenty second, short month and a half, and and the season's here. You know, right early March. Yeah, it's gonna go by so fast. Absolutely. And then we're gonna get to that first game in March, and I'm gonna be freezing my hands off, like because it's gonna be cold. Like, and then it'll be like a month, and then it'll be like a hundred degrees. That's true. Because Kansas City weather's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that'll that'll be fun to look forward to. Um, <clears throat> and hopefully, in the preseason, we'll get to see a little bit of little bit of Gianluca Buzio, the. Uh, the young forward who was just named to the U.S. U-17 national team roster for this uh, Nike International mm-hmm. Friendly Tournament, which Rightfully is, so. um, yeah, and and there's some, you know, they're they're going up against England, the Netherlands, and Brazil. So oh, dude's a beast, man. I I I've decided I'm going to watch these games. I mean, they're going to stream them on USSoccer.com. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you got a game. Tomorrow night at uh, at six, and then they'll mm-hmm. play Friday night at six, and then Sunday at four. And I'm like, okay, 
that does not interfere with any uh, college basketball or Chiefs games for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna watch those games. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they take on uh, the the England U17 national team tomorrow at or well, I guess when you're listening to this, it'll be tonight. When yeah. uh, Wednesday night at uh, at 6 p.m. and then uh, Friday night at 6 p.m. they take on uh, the Netherlands and then Sunday at four they take on Brazil. So. Those are those are going to be some fun fun matchups to watch, uh, not only for Gianluca Buzio, but also some of the other U17 uh, guys who are, you know, the Up future and of Absolutely. U.S. soccer. Um, it's just soccer, and, and, man, and those guys are so quick, so young, so fast. Absolutely, yeah, it'll it'll be fun. Um, you know, this is sort of a, a the the last final tune-up before um, you head into the uh, the twenty well. Not final tune-up, sorry. I was thinking there was a 2018 CONCACAF U17 championship. This is the first tune-up for the 2019 CONCACAF U17 championship. Um, And then that'll that'll lead into the 2019 FIFA U17 World Cup. So obviously a lot of these guys aren't going to be on those rosters anymore, but they're they're laying the groundwork for... uh, for guys who are on the U15s now, they'll go up to the U17s, and then, of course, these guys will go up to the U19s and and higher. So... um, Certainly, uh, fun fun games to watch, and especially to watch uh, Gianluca Buzio, our, our young forward, who uh, hopefully we'll get to see in some preseason games too when uh, when those come around. Absolutely. So, and I I gotta tell you, man, this uh, kind of a side note here that just kind of popped into my head. So, I'm helping these people today at uh, at work, and they're from they're from the UK, and I. I I start asking them, of course. I'm like, hey, uh, do you you follow Premier League football at all? And they're like, oh yeah, you know. And I'm like, ah, stupid question. Why would I even? <laughs> why would I even ask that? And I'm like, oh, do you have a do you have a club that you follow? And you know, he he, they were from, you know, near London. And I was like, I bet he's gonna say Chelsea. And he said Chelsea. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> great, wankers. And then, no. <laughs> and so we start talking, though, and I start talking about how I'm an MLS fan, and they're like, oh, yeah, do you follow the Chicago club? And I'm like, gross. No, I don't. <laughs> and I mention I'm from Kansas City, and uh, and I they didn't say anything, and I was like, yeah, it's in Kansas. They have a Major League Soccer team. They're like, oh, no, we know. And they uh, they actually have a nephew who, who works for Sporting Kansas City. And no way. As of like six months ago, and she's like, "Yeah, he sent us a a picture uh, with a with a with a cup," and I was like, uh, "You know, <laughs> it's only been four trophies in six years, but who's counting? Whatever." And right. uh, so yeah, I was like, "Wow, small freaking world," you know. And she's like, "You really like soccer, don't you?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, kind of a nerd about it, so sorry to <laughs> sorry to bother <laughs> you with that." But uh, yeah, man, that's just a story I had, and I was like, "Hey, Kansas City." gets a little more recognition than than we think we do you know what i'm saying no that's cool and and it's cool to hear that you know mls is is i think probably more well known overseas than than i think sometimes we give it credit for it is i think i think there's a lot of you know it's gotten better so much over the last few years uh, five years ten years especially um but you know there's still some people out there who kind of make fun of it and and think of it as that like oh wow. it's it's that either it's that retirement league or it's or it's the league where if you can't cut it anywhere else you go to MLS and well, we and make fun of it <laughs> yeah and sometimes it's deserved um but I, I think it's it's good to recognize too that like it's still a young league and and the the leaps and bounds it's it's made um over the last few years are, are phenomenal and and I mean it's like what 21 years old compared to British soccer which has been around for like hundreds of years so right right um you know, MLS is is on a good path um, as long as they don't keep moving teams that shouldn't be moved. But what do you do about that? Crew, man, is right. that it? Are we transitioning into playoffs for the last few minutes here? Yeah, I think we should. Oh, uh, I will give quick note. Um, oh, yep, yep. We talked about Jimmy Nielsen being a candidate um, for SPR. Sounds like he may not take the reins because. He probably wants more control than PV is willing to give up, understandably so. Um, but Paulo Nagamura, according to uh, Jeff Reuter on uh, on Twitter, who's a, a good um, MLS reporter, 
um, does stuff for the Guardian and ESPN FC, says that he's heard that Paulo Nagamura is the strong front runner for SPR's head coaching gig. Uh, what do you what do you mm-hmm. think? That'd be a good role for him. I mean, he already was working under Peter Vermees as a player, and it'd be nice to uh, uh, you know have him do it as a coach, and I, I think he'd do well. And it's a stepping stone to if he wanted to if he wanted to branch out and and take control of his own team someday. Whereas if Jimmy Nielsen came down, you know, we talked about it, maybe kind of being a demotion and working under Peter, not having the control. But I, I think this is a great step up for Paolo um, if that goes through. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, he's been an assistant with Swope Park uh, for mm-hmm. uh, for this year. Um who better to learn from than 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 Peter Vermees? Oh yeah. Um, he's he's working on getting the the necessary coaching license, the appropriate level or class, whatever it's called, to 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 be able to be a a head coach and and in in USL. Um, I guess you only have to be like in the process of of getting. I forget which which level or class it is, but there's a certain class you have to have of a coaching license, and in USL you just have to be working toward it, which he is. So he meets that requirement. Um, and, and yeah, it'd be a, a great head coaching job for a first time head coach, I think. So, um, and he, he obviously knows the club well, like you said. So True. Um, he might I'm, not need any guidance from Peter at all. He can probably just, maybe he'll be able to do it himself cause he's done this. Like he's played it. Yeah. Yeah. He's done it and he's done it well. So, um, I, I'd be all in favor of that. I think it'd be really cool. Oh, for sure. That'd be so fun to go out to games and, and slap his hand afterwards, you know, and call him coach. It'd be so great. Coach Naga. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, with our, our last few minutes, we'll we'll let's touch on the uh, MLS Cup playoffs. Here um, we go. That's still it's a been thing. like I know it's been a week since the first leg, <laughs> and we're finally getting to the second legs tomorrow. Um, man, it's been a long time. But uh, we got a uh, Toronto hosting the Crew in the second leg of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, that's going in tomorrow. tied at zero zero. Wednesday night, um, so today probably for most people. Wednesday night tonight, yeah. We're man, nights are confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so tonight probably if you're listening on Wednesday, uh, November 29th, that kicks off at 6:30 Central Time. Um, what do you think, man? Toronto's tough to beat at home. It is. I mean, it's a clean slate right here, so it's like y- y- the aggregate is nil nil. If if the Crew score one away goal here. Toronto better turn up the Jets and and get something done. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, they they're uh, trouble. And, and Toronto's gonna get both uh, Giovinco and Josie Altidore back. <laughs> so Man, now I'll tell you this: I listen to a lot of soccer podcasts and I watch a lot of soccer, and there's so many different takes. And I I think I like to do that. I like to educate myself with what what other people think, and I can make my own analysis. You know what I mean? But yeah, a lot of people think. Toronto's just going to blow them away because they're at home with the crowd at BMO Field. And there's some people that agree, and I think I'm kind of with these people, that this Columbus Crew story is a great story. I mean, save the crew, man. Hashtag save the crew. And I think if they go down and just get one goal and then just bunker in and win this thing, they are hosting most likely the Seattle Sounders in MLS Cup. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know... The, the only way that I, I think, um, not the only way, but the best way for the crew to, to, to win this one, like you said, is, is sort of play a, uh, a, a bunkered in defensive style and try to get one quick on, on the counter. Um, mm-hmm. because Toronto's going to come out strong. They're not going to be messing around. They don't want to, they don't want this to go into, uh, the end of the game or, or extra time. They want to put this one away early. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the crew play a, a defensive game, um, because I mean, they they they're the away team. If they can get an away goal, that's that's huge. Uh, for every goal the crew score, Toronto needs two. Um, and and you have Jovinko back, and and <laughs> that's and you got Josie Altidore back. It's gonna be it's gonna be a mess, man. It's there's gonna be emotions flying, testosterone, men trying to beef up on each other. Like jo- Josie Altidore is gonna come in and try to go full on beast mode on these guys. Yeah, he better be careful because they might have a <laughs> an eye out for him after what happened in that uh, that Red Bulls uh, second leg. But uh, yeah, he's not, he's not scared to uh, to to get up 
close with some people, go chest to chest, and and then fall down. So <laughs> that's true. Um, he's he's pretty badass. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that'll that that'll be a fun one, especially because what do the crew have to lose? I mean. Yeah, they're yeah. gonna go all out. I mean, this is this is big time. Yeah, Toronto's coming off their record uh, their record season. They won the Canadian Championship, so they're going. I guess what MLS is calling the treble, even though no. the Canadian Championships like five teams and only three of them actually have a chance at winning it. It shouldn't count, I, I, but it does, <laughs> and I get why it does. But I also don't want them to win the treble. Like, I don't want them to be that power club that 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 uh, that there there never has been. No one's ever done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I, you know, I get that they're not eligible for the Open Cup because they're in Canada, so it's the only treble they can win. But at the same time, it's like, look, you're playing against Montreal and and Vancouver. Okay, fine. And then like what Ottawa and like, and like FC Edmonton, Edmonton or something. Yeah. Like yeah, that's. I know that the, the Open Cup's not like the most prestigious of tournaments, but at least you're playing against a larger field of opponents, and there are like 90 teams. Yeah, and like most of MLS is in it, and then you got teams like Cincinnati that are that are really good too. So I don't know. Um, Let's just I'll be we gotta root against Toronto. I mean, it's just you got to go for this Cinderella story here. Oh yeah, I'll be pulling for the crew hardcore. Big time. They um, squeezed into the playoffs at the last minute, made a big run, and and now they're in the big the big dance almost, you know. Yep, it'd be a hell of a story if they can pull that one off with everything going on around them. So, and it's uh, it's early enough uh, that I can watch it. I won't be going to bed at 9:30 like a Seattle game likes to show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have to uh, have the, the the dual screens out so you can watch the U17 game on one screen and then get the uh, MLS playoffs on another That's on another the plan. screen. Yes. So, uh, fun night of soccer. Um, and then uh, Thursday night, November 30th, 9:30 p.m. Just like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Seattle Sounders are hosting Houston Dynamo, which Houston, man, by the way, that that sucks for Houston fans in Houston. Their their clubs starting a game at 9:30 local time. Yep. Um, but Houston's in uh, in bad shape right now. It they're, sucks uh, for their fans too because they got some people suspended and they they're down yep. two goals and it's just not looking good. Yep, they are down to going into one of the toughest places to play at uh, CenturyLink Field in Seattle. Albert Ellis, um, who's probably their most dynamic player. Is, is it Ellis or is it Elise? El- it's probably Elise. Um, okay, all right, we'll Honduras. get to the bottom of that. Yeah, um, no, no habla español. <laughs> so that's about all I know how to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so he, but he's suspended, which is a, a big blow because he's one of their most dynamic playmakers. Yeah, he's big time. Um, and 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 some of the injured Sounders, I think, are gonna gonna make a return. Um, you know that I don't know if Jordan Morris will be back or not, but Ozzy mm-hmm. Alonso's been been banged up. Um, Stefan Fry Svensson, was banged up. He might be back. Yeah, Gustav Svensson was banged up. I think he uh, he came in. And, and got a little bit of time, but um, he uh, he didn't start, so he'll probably start again this game. Um, but yeah, it's the MLS has Ozzy Alonso, Stefan Fry, and Jordan Morris listed as questionable. So um, the only person that uh, that Seattle will be uh, missing for suspension is Roman Torres, which isn't a small um, player to be out. I mean, he's their starting center back, right? Uh, He's suspended for yellow card accumulation, um, and then uh, still got but, Chad, you know, right in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Houston's got Jaleel Anibaba suspended for red card, and Albert Elise uh, suspended for yellow card accumulation, and then they have no AJ Delagarza still, obviously, because he tore his ACL earlier. So it's, it's let's just are we counting Houston out? I mean, are they? You like to say they're down, but they're not out. But I mean, it's it's gonna seem really hard to get this done. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people thought they were down and out in Portland, and they pulled it off. Can they do that twice in the same postseason? Well, wait, I what was know, the man. aggregate against Portland though? They it was tied. Yeah, so I mean, that was that's a different story. If they were tied going to Seattle, I'd feel okay about it. Yeah, I I just you know 
crazy things happen in, in MLS. Yeah. And if this was a, a regular season game and you're like, hey, can Houston beat Seattle, you know, 2-0, 3-0? I'd be like, yeah, maybe. Um, I just, I don't see it happening in a, in a, a playoff game where Seattle's going to come in and they have no incentive to even open up defensively. No. They'll just sit there and be like, hey, come try to score on us when we have 11 players behind the ball and you don't have your best offensive player. Well, so, so realistically, do we think it's do we think it's Toronto and Seattle in the finals? Yeah, probably. Which I'm sure MLS loves because they have that whole like revenge redemption storyline. Sure. You know, we'll, but but then you got to go to the tundra of Toronto for the final. Yeah, I hope it's like negative twenty degrees. Oh, it's gonna be miserable. so cold. I'd love yeah, to go up there could, sometime. By the way, that'd be a fun little uh, that'd be a fun road run to go up, go up to. Yeah, it would. I've always wanted to get up there. I haven't had a chance. I've I've never been to Canada. Me neither. I've seen Canada. I've literally seen it. I've been like up on a boat in the state of Washington, and I've seen the shoreline of Canada. Too cool. But I've never been in Canada. Dude, so we'll have to go, man. Get some French fries and gravy and whatnot, and some poutine. Absolutely. I think that's more of like a Montreal thing. But oh, is it? Yeah. We can go there too. Either way. That looks cool. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's probably uh is that is that your prediction, Toronto, Seattle? Uh that's what I think. Oh, my dog has decided to play with his noisiest toy in the <laughs> last toy. five minutes of our <laughs> podcast. I appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. So <laughs> and I know you hear that right now, don't you? Oh yeah. It's great. I love it. <laughs> My wife is clamoring, and she's <laughs> apologizing. <laughs> the people love Splinter. It's I think dog, they want dude. more of Splinter. They love the splints, man. They love them, Master Splinter. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, no, yeah, it's definitely Toronto and Seattle, and uh, but I won't be upset if it's Columbus. I mean, that will be, that'll be awesome. Go crew. Yep, go crew. Save the crew. That's what we'll, uh, we'll be pulling for, so... Anyway, man, you got any uh, final last thoughts for the people before we sign off tonight? Oh, final thoughts. I mean, if you made it with us this far, um, thank you guys. I mean, we're 10 episodes in. That's that's a mini milestone for us. And, you know, when we talked about this for months leading up to this, we, you know, we just wanted it to be something fun. We're just two dummies, you know, who love this game and, uh, you know, love this team. So it's, it's nice that we get to talk about it on a weekly basis and have interaction with with you guys online so uh if you give us like some kind of review or even a tweet or something let us know your thoughts um it's always fun to to have more interactions absolutely give us uh give us some reviews on uh itunes or google play like dan said um send us a a message on uh, facebook if you got a question or or on email no other pod at at gmail.com uh, no other pod on Facebook. If you uh, follow us on Twitter at No Other Pod, you can uh, interact with us that way. Uh, shout out to uh, to one of our uh, most uh, engaged Twitter followers. I'm gonna probably mess up his last name. Kyle Orenberg gave us a hot tip on uh, some Sporting KC merchandise on Amazon, real cheap this week. So, yes, uh, that was awesome, dude. Good Thank looking you, out, Kyle. Kyle. The uh... Man, I, I bought some stuff, man. I bought that anthem jacket for like twenty bucks and I bought the uh I bought my wife and I matching beanies for three dollars a piece. That's crazy, dude. It's legit, man. It's <laughs> an insane deal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we uh we'd love to, to hear more from more of you guys on Twitter at no other pod, at JCMac03, at Dan Couser. So uh give us a shout and we'll uh we'll we'll talk about what you want to talk about on the pod. So And we will be back next week to well, we'll probably if there's sporting news, we're talking about it, and we'll probably recap these MLS playoffs and and talk about the upcoming MLS Cup. Yes, sir, that we will. So uh, for Dan Kuzer, I'm Jimmy Mack. This has been episode ten of No Other Pod, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.